0: It's show 55 of the RIM Pro Report. Today, Howard Meltzer of Sales Tiger and the latest industry news. This show is sponsored by our good friends at O'Neill Software. You know, They're the ones with the RIM industry software used by companies all over the world. Uh, They're they're everywhere, basically. You might have heard that their strategic partner conference is happening next week. And we're going to be there with the uh, portable RIM Pro Report studio. But if you have a last-minute inkling, a hankering, shall we say, you might still be able to make it. If you're interested, check it out at O'Neilsoft.com. Hey, Labor Day is over. It's back to work time. So uh, let's get started.
1: Welcome to the Rim, Rim, Rim Pro Reports. The one and only weekly broadcast for the REM support services industry. Bustling with news. Views. Here's what I believe. And the latest updates. The mm-hmm. up. This show is full of interesting information. Stories. Yes! Important product and service reviews. Yes! And a cast of industry characters included. Yes. <laughs> Record center operators. Shred and destruction vendors. Media and electronic vaulters. Scanners and imaging providers. Take note. This show is for you. Now, here's your host, Tom Adams. Hey,
0: welcome back to the show. Welcome back to the RimPro Report. We are getting back into the swing of things. Labor Day's over, and that can only mean one thing. Thanksgiving is coming. Yes, I know for our Canadian friends, uh, me included, uh, that's coming sooner than those in the U.S. And for those who don't celebrate Thanksgiving, uh, may you just be thankful today. Well, um, yeah. It's not for a while, but back to the normal routines and life seems to get more intense going into the fall and uh, we're back and we're intense. So uh, glad to have you aboard this week. On the show, we meet a new face in the industry. Uh, His name is Howard Meltzer. Now, Howard's name has been cropping up here and there in conversations uh, with my clients, with other people in the industry, and I wanted to get him on the show to both get to know him better and for you to potentially hear what he's all about. Sales Tiger is his company, and I'm looking forward to talking to him shortly, but before we do... The industry news from the week. Well, accusations? No. No accusations are happening. Acquisitions are continuing to happen. Last week after the excellent interview with Sean Stevens of Cornerstone. If you didn't hear that one and you're in the vault business or considering the vault business, be sure you listen to that one. It was good. Cornerstone announced the acquisition of Shoreline Records Management. Shoreline, uh, interesting company. I've watched them for a while, and that looks like a solid acquisition for Cornerstone. Uh, they're in, uh, Shoreline was in Medford, New York, and was primarily focused on records and scanning. This is Cornerstone's 18th acquisition since 2008. Cornerstone, at the same time, also announced the establishment of a new credit facility to support its rapid growth initiative. So congrats to Cornerstone and uh, congrats to Shoreline as well. Uh, In the UK, Restore PLC, we've talked about them a little bit over the last year, announced the acquisition of Patterson Data Management. Patterson is one of Scotland's largest document storage companies, primarily serving customers in the Glasgow area. The big value for Restore in this acquisition is they now have full national presence in the UK to serve national clients, so congratulations to uh, Restore and Patterson. Access Information Management announced yesterday that it had received a growth equity investment from Summit Partners. This investment will fund the continued growth of Access. CJ Fitzgerald and Len Farrington, uh, both of Summit partners, will join the Access Board of Directors. Summit has a strong investment portfolio in business services, as well as software, hardware, and life care sciences. Congratulations to Access and Summit on this as well. So the roll-ups are in motion this week in a significant way, and I know a lot of other things are going to happen probably in the next few weeks. Uh, There's lots of stuff going on out there but for this week that's it for the news if you have any news to share with me hey let me know love to hear from you so I'm gonna go get Howard Meltzer on the phone Howard Meltzer is the managing partner at Sales Tiger. Howard has held various executive positions with manufacturers and independent dealers, growing hardware revenues and sales forces and increasing bottom lines all around uh, in the companies he's been a part of. But in 2002, Howard left his successful sales management career to launch Sales Tiger, and we're going to talk to him more about that. Howard, are you on the line? Here. Hey Howard, nice to have you on the Rim Pro Report. Thanks for taking the time to chat with us today. Uh, so, tell me a little bit of your um, your story in a sh- you know in a short period of time. I- I'm sure we could take the whole half an hour talking about your story, but let- let's just do it in in brief.
2: Sure, uh, Reader's Digest version. I've spent uh, about 20 years in the. Technology industries, and most people would be familiar with the Xerox, Canon, Ricos of the world. Yep. Uh, your traditional office products uh, world. Uh, again, working both for manufacturers as a manufacturer's rep, as well as uh, the various positions, senior management uh, of independent dealerships, uh, along with even at one point in a moment of weakness, actually owning a dealership for several
0: no, years. And no, no. Uh,
2: <laughs> two thousand and two did start uh, Sales Tiger, which main focus the Sales Tiger. When I started, was really sales training and uh, marketing programs. Um, you know, the I guess as Ed McLaughlin, the chairman and president of Sharp Corporation, once said, and I believe it to be true, that the uh, basics are new forever. And uh, that was kind of the hmm. the uh, the motto that I went by in terms of sales training. That uh, you know, there's a lot of people that are six foot five, 350 pounds that don't play in the NFL today because they don't have the fundamental skill set to play at that level. And there's a lot of salespeople out there that call themselves salespeople but don't have the fundamental skill set to make a living. Right. So uh, we kind of set out to help people do
0: that. Oh, cool. So you, you've had, obviously, as you've just said in the Reader's Digest version, a long and storied career doing this, sales, sales management. So from your perspective, what are the big keys to success in achieving significant sales? You, you said it, it comes back to basics, but what, what are those keys?
2: Well, I think, you know, from a management standpoint, and even as a salesperson, first and foremost, the number one most important key to me would be inspect what you expect. So, as a manager, or even as a salesperson, there was a game plan that had to be established, whether it be I'm going to do X amount of cold calls, phone calls, so many appointments, but inspect what you expect uh, of your both yourself as well as your salespeople. Um, everyone needs that discipline, without question. Right. And then... You know, really from a management standpoint, what I live by, and I don't mean to keep using, you know, sayings per se, but, you know, the old adage, uh, catch a man a fish, he eats for a day, catch a man or teach a man to fish, he eats for life. Well, my philosophy in a management role is just that, teach people how to sell. What are the fundamental skill sets that can make them successful? And um, if if you can grow your sales force with giving them, instilling those fundamental skills and then inspecting what you expect of them, you can't help but have a successful
0: organization. So, I, I mean, that 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 begs the question: What's the right thing to expect? Because I hear from people on a regular basis their frustration with with salespeople in terms of what what are they supposed to be doing every day. And that, to me, is a dilemma in, in the RIM industry, at least on the, the data side, the data protection side, and on the record storage side, tend to be longer sales cycles. Uh, shredding tends to be a little bit shorter, scanning somewhere in the middle, I think. But uh, the reality is it, it takes a lot of effort to get to that level. So what are some of the key things that you, you as a sales manager, would prefer to measure on an ongoing basis?
2: But one of the things that we always strive for in some form or fashion, I guess a rule of thumb that we used was sixty five touches a day. If you could touch sixty five prospects, suspects a day, you know, just the law of averages says you're gonna you're gonna find an ample number of prospects. And, you know, that's easily said, but when you really break it down and think about trying to touch sixty five people a day, it's it's not that easy. No. And what we tried to do is, you know, what I guess I call the Jenny Craig diet of prospecting, a little bit of everything, Okay. a little bit of cold calling, a little bit of phone calling, a little bit of email, a little bit of direct mail, networking groups, referrals, social media, a little bit of everything. But like the Jenny Craig diet, if you have two glasses of wine today, you can't have one tomorrow. You know, if I have two pieces of bread today, I might not be able to have one tomorrow. So uh, if you load up on cold calls today, then, you know, tomorrow you got to attack it a little bit of a different way. So a little bit of everything every day, the way to go when a rep would come to me and say you know tom hey howard had a great day i had six appointments today i'd say well you know that's good but let me ask you how many how much prospecting did you do today well i didn't have time to do any that's not good and you'll pay the price 90 days down the road for that so um, yeah because what you
0: what you're doing today and what you do tomorrow and that jenny craig mix that you just talked about does have a huge impact 90 days from now
2: Absolutely right, and I can tell a rep what their what their results will be ninety days from now based on the result uh, based on the prospecting that I see them do today, and that's where again inspecting what you expect uh, as a manager certainly is important.
0: Yeah, so so that inspection uh, comes back to, and and I like the uh, sixty five touches per day concept. That's kind of cool. So the the most salespeople I talk to are even uh, owners of companies or managers. Uh, are quite fine and seem to be okay if they've got someone in their Salesforce uh, set up, if they've got someone in their CRM, if they've got someone in their in their daily book who they've already had contact with or has contacted them. The dilemma I find with most salespeople is not how to sell a prospect, how to, to work them through a process, how to get in front of them and do the, the deal. It's how to get enough of those uh, prospects in the pipeline in the first place. How do I get more leads is the thing that I hear all the time. And I guess the question I want to ask you is, how do you get more leads in your pipeline? It's it's one thing to, to follow up and have meetings and all that kind of stuff, but that comes from a prospect. How do you get those people?
2: Well, um, we have a concept that we certainly advocate called TOMA, top of mind awareness. It's the issue is that It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when a prospect is going to have a need for the product and service that either me or my clients need. It's that simple. And uh, it's, again, not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. And it may not be today. It might be three months from now, six months from now, a year, two years from now. But the idea is to constantly and continuously touch people uh, on an ongoing basis, utilizing some of the things we talked about before. Be it a personal touch to a co call, phone call, be it through email, direct mail, networking group, but continuously touching people on an ongoing basis so that when the incident occurs in the life of their business or if it's a consumer, uh, where that incident occurs where there is a need for the product and service that you, know, you offer, that they think about you and you get a chance to compete for that business. I mean, ultimately, vol- sales volume comes down to two factors the number of opportunities I'm involved in, times my win rate. Some reps, I put them in 10 deals, they may win 3 out of 10, some 5 out of 10, some 7 out of 10. Regardless of their win rate, the more and better quality opportunities I can get a salesperson involved in, uh, the more sales volume they're going to generate.
0: Right. So that, that begs the question, you can't possibly be in front of everyone all of the time. How do you how do you get that sales orientation, which is, I've got to touch everyone, because it's almost impossible, and that often leads to frustration and defeat. How do you get in front of the right amount of people as you call it uh, um, top of mind awareness? How do you do that in a way that's that's compelling, that's relevant, that's realistic?
2: Well, we utilize on behalf of our clients, we have created a system that to help our clients do that, but some do it on their own, that's fine as well. Um, but they're, you know, where we've helped them identify the very best prospects in their market for the product and service that they offer. And then we utilize different media, be it direct mail, email, and personal touch, meaning either a face-to-face cold call, warm call, or a a telemarketing call with the intent of gaining an appointment. There is no magic bullet. I don't think there's anything you can put on an email, direct mail, a billboard, a radio, TV commercial that is probably going to make someone pick up a phone and call you and say, I want your product and service. I mean, I don't care if you give it away for free. They probably wouldn't do that. Right. Uh, it the idea is to get the salesperson in front of those decision makers, those quality decision makers, to present the value proposition of our clients. And people do business, and you know I've heard you say it a number of times, Tom, with people they know, like and trust. Yeah, yeah. Well, you don't have to necessarily meet with somebody in order to generate know, like and trust. But the fact that I'm touching them on an ongoing basis, using different medias, email, direct mail, using Humor, goodwill, education as a means of making those touches. I'm building a relationship, even though I maybe never have met with that person. Yeah, I'm building a relationship so that when the incident occurs again in the life of their business or themselves, and there's a need for the product and service that our client or our clients need or offer, that they get a chance to compete for that business.
0: Yeah, that's to me the 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 fundamental skill set of marketing. Uh, so many people that I. Uh, have conversations with have a belief that marketing is an event so I send out a direct mail piece and then well nothing happens so I stop and uh, it sounds to me like top of mind awareness is not an event it's a campaign it's it's like a two-year, and I've talked about this before, uh, you, you can't see it as just a one-time thing. It's got to be perpetual and persistent. And uh, my, my favorite saying, and I say it every time I do a speech, almost every conversation I have about marketing, it's marketing is just a day-in, day-out, never-ending, persevering kind of activity. It, you, you have to keep at it.
2: But with that said, and I couldn't agree with you more absolutely 100%, you know, I equate it to the health clubs. The health clubs are packed in January and February because everybody makes the New Year's resolution, but come March they empty out. Because yeah. it's not in our DNA to do that every single day. Yeah. Um you know, there's a number of people, thousands of people listening to us today, and there's a I'll bet you a high percentage of folks that have a piece of health equipment in their home collecting dust and maybe they've got clothes hanging on it uh in their home that they're not using. And that's because again, it's not in our DNA to do it every day. As much sense as you and I know, that touching people on an ongoing basis makes, and everyone knows that, people, for some reason, salespeople can't bring themselves to do it. They just, uh, it's not in their DNA. Right. Not, it's not just not in their DNA to do it every day. So, you know, we created a system to do it for our clients or at least give them the tools to be able to do it themselves.
0: Right. So I I do want to talk to you about that. So uh, I'm I'm going to come back and ask you about your tools, but I because I, I think they're they're pretty impressive. Uh, I've I've seen them. I've I've observed them. But what I want to do is is get a little bit more of your your philosophy because the philosophy I think undergirds uh, and supports the kind of of tools that you're now providing people. But what should every salesperson have in their bag of tactics or tools? To support effective top of mind awareness, and and if you were, if I put you down into a uh, a, a RIM company tomorrow, uh, you didn't have your own company, you were just an employee. What kind of tools and tactics, based on all the knowledge and history you've had, would you walk in there with and try and implement as quickly as possible?
2: Well, I think the biggest thing that we find, regardless of industry, uh, but certainly it's one of the things we found in the RIM industry, is that. Most companies don't understand who their very best prospects are. Right. They just don't. Um, they lack that information. So the first thing that I would do, or the most important tactic, would be that identification process. Who Who is the right customer for us? Right. Um, you know, and I've talked to different owners of, you know, rim businesses where they've been completely at different ends of the spectrum. Some yeah. are involved with government. Some have nothing to do with government. Yeah. Some uh, want to... Deal with law firms and medical. Some want nothing to do with law firms and medical, and uh, you know. It, so I think the first thing that's most important is who, who's our customer or who do who's our you know niche customer. What yeah. does that look like? Identifying those folks and then gathering all the information we need about those folks so that we can effectively touch them on an ongoing basis. But uh, I'll be honest with you, Tom. I've yet to find. I've yet to find a, pros- uh, a client or customer in the rim space. When I say, "Do you know who your very best prospects are? Be it a sales rep, a sales manager, or an owner, can you tell me who the very best prospects are in your market?" I haven't heard one. Yes,
0: that hmm. one. I agree with that because there there is a uh, an underlying belief in us. Because I'm a former owner in this industry uh, and have been involved in it for. Th- you know, 12, 14 years. Uh, there is this sort of underlying belief that the everyone needs us. Everyone ultimately needs us. And what that 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 sort of belief that we've got to get to everyone. And I, I think that's fueled by the 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 marketing we see on a daily basis, which is, you know, hit everyone with brand-based marketing. And and I think sometimes where we hit the wall on that is we can't possibly afford to do it to everyone. So the very best way is to back off and go, who is the right one? Who right. who are the right people? And then employ a top of mind methodology. To, to get to them to really um, be a part of their world. So given that that's the goal, given that top of mind awareness is the goal with this particular niche set of prospects, why is top of mind awareness so critical in this marketing? What If you've got a niche audience that you're, you're targeting and you're using top of mind awareness to get them there, Why does this help? What's the point of this?
2: Uh, There was a study done by a very well-respected marketing consulting firm called Chilt Marketing out of the uh, Philadelphia area a couple years ago. And this was done on all salespeople, a study on all salespeople, not just uh, rim industry or office products, all salespeople across the board. And interestingly enough, 50% of all salespeople give up after one attempt at trying to get through to a contact, 65 after two, 79 after three attempts, 90% give up after four attempts. Wow. 90% give up after four
0: attempts. Wow.
2: It's when you reach five, six, seven, eight touches that you start to become a factor in that prospect's mind, despite the fact I may never have met with them. In fact, studies have shown it takes seven touches to start to realize top-of-mind awareness and then seven touches thereafter each year to maintain top-of-mind awareness. And certainly... Listen, we all know it in our li- our own personal lives. Subway knows it. They know with Michael Strahan, $5 foot long, Jared, if they touch you six times in a 90-day period, they've got you. Where do you want to go to lunch today? Well, let's get a $5 foot long. People eat lunch every day. They don't decide to shred documents or image documents or change service providers in terms of record storage. Uh, that may happen once a year, once every two, three years. So five we've got years. To keep people at five years. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So we've got to keep people engaged in the process so that when the incident occurs, we get that chance to compete. And most reps give up. Give up after four attempts.
0: Well I, I, I did say that I, I'd I'd let you tell how you're doing it because I, I think what's so appealing is you've figured out this process. Uh, You've spent a lot of years, you know, doing it yourself. Uh, You figured out this process and you've created a top of mind awareness uh, concept that I think is really helpful. I, I have now heard from a number of people in the industry that they've talked to you Uh, that they're they're watching your uh, webinar your demonstration and are actually engaging you and because of that I wanted to have you on the show today and and hear what you're doing because I I think you know frankly I tried to do this a number of years ago and I couldn't pull it off Uh, either the technology wasn't right or I wasn't right one of the two and it's probably (laughs) I wasn't right but uh, you're you you have this this tool that's working now for people so what is your top of mind awareness tool?
2: Well, it's we basically call it Toma, and the process is we do exactly what we, you and I have talked about. We we help our clients number one and most importantly identify the very best prospects in their market, predicated on any criteria that they give us. Tom, be it any geography, they can say I want to stay within seven point three miles of my facility, and you know any geography, any vertical market, and any criteria along with that. And okay. people always ask me, well, how do you get that information? We use multiple, multiple sources and a lot of painstaking hours and manpower to cleanse that information. Is it perfect? No, there is no perfect list in the world, but we believe our information to be about as good as it gets. Uh, And one of the things that's unique about our information as well is we also are able to obtain uh, email addresses for those key decision-makers in these accounts. Um, So what we do is we supply prospects for our clients to choose from, and again, they're welcome to use their own if they have them, but most of the time they depend on our information. We put them into a very nice little database. We created a little CRM package that goes along with our program so that they can be managed. They can edit, add, delete accounts to their heart's delight. And we took all the things that people don't like about CRM packages. You know, we asked reps, why don't you use ACT? Why don't you use Goldmine? Why don't you use Salesforce? Your owner bought it. They spent all this money, and they told us all the myriad of reasons why they wouldn't use it. We took all those things, and we eliminated them. Cool. We just basically kept it simple. Yeah. A couple of drop-downs, a couple of keystrokes, and that's it. And then once they pick their prospects, we basically take those prospects, we split them into thirds. One-third of those, we tell the rep to call, and we do some sales training, teaching them how to generate a benefit statement that's going to get the interest of that high-level contact, how to overcome the objections. We don't teach nor advocate high-pressured sales techniques because they don't work, and Remember, we want to keep people engaged in the process right. because they may not have a need for a year and a half down the road. Right. Um, so last thing we want to do is upset them. And then we create content utilizing humor, goodwill, and education as a means of making those touches, and we use direct mail and email in the process. And then we have some unique technology, what's called a PERL, a personal URL, which is the use of the prospect's name in a web address. So on direct mail, we send out our email. There'll be a little what's called a pearl in there. In your case, Tom, would be ww.learnmore.com forward slash Tom Adams. Right. And uh, when people see their name in a direct mail or an email as a link, oftentimes because of curiosity, they'll keystroke or click on it. When they do, a landing page, what's called a mini website, pulls up, and it's personalized. It'll say, Welcome, Tom. And uh, has a little talking head that comes out. And uh, this is where education comes into play. There's links on there. We can have things like white papers, case studies, calculators, all kinds of HIPAA rules, so on and so forth, all kinds of different things on there. And it's a pretty neat experience because we know it is because we see where people go back to it multiple multiple times. Right. And then the real important piece of it is we send an email to our client within a minute that says, hey, Joe Smith went to his personal website while there. He clicked on the following so that the sales rep can then follow up, know the hot button, of that prospect, what's their hot button, you know, what are they looking at, because they're kicking tires, so they can incorporate that into a benefit statement to hopefully gain an appointment. So, it's a real clean process, it's uh, real simple, Uh, you know, most people when we show it to them, kind of have that epiphany where they said, "Damn, why didn't I think of that?" <laughs> uh, and I know you kind of had that. You said, "Howard, I did think of that. I just didn't put the pieces together." Right. Well, and, <laughs> so. and that
0: was that was what was so interesting about it to me was it it all lines up. But but go back because you started this and then you kind of got sidetracked. So every month, a prospect, you've got the CRM system, you got this personal, your personalized Perl, personalized URL, URL. you got that system, you've got content, and uh, you started with a third of the the people or a third of the people on your list say you have a hundred people a third of them 33 get uh, the the sales rep calls that 33 uh, that same month what what else is happening
2: a third of those folks or 33 would be getting direct mail and okay. a third would be getting uh, email and again uh, and our clients have final say overall content we develop everything in-house but uh, and we certainly advocate again using humor and education and goodwill as a means of making those touches, and you've certainly seen our content. It's pretty funny stuff. It's, yeah. It can be edgy, or you know, as conservative as our client wants. But so, if you are my prospect, I call you this month, Howard. I'm not interested. Not in the market. You know, um, you know. Hey, Tom, is it okay to stay in touch with you? Just to get rid of me, you'll probably say sure. Yeah. So next month, I send you direct mail. The following month, we send you email. So and I'm they, gonna call you
0: again. And then, okay, just, just so the email and the direct mail are both designed to send people to the pearl. To the landing page. To the landing exactly. page, which is on a mini site that you guys create.
2: That's correct. And okay. it's all included. And um, when people go there, if they in fact go there, then again, we send an email to the salesperson right. letting them know. And, and they have full visibility. They know if a person went there from a postcard, from the email, if they opened the email, uh, if they deleted the email, so on and so forth. So our clients have full visibility of all of that information as well.
0: Well, yeah, no, it, it's powerful. And uh, I, I I only wish I'd figured this out before you did, because um, <laughs> but uh, kudos to you and, and props to you, because uh, I, I think it's I think it's genius. I think it's what I've taught for years in this industry. It's what I believe firmly is, is this multiple touch is the only way to do it, because people don't buy when you want to sell to them. They buy when they're ready to to buy, they they Amen. only buy, and and there is no amount of forcing that you can do on anyone. So create a system whereby you do you do this, you keep in touch, keep on top, uh, keep talking to them on a persistent and consistent basis, and when they're ready, you're the one who's been there all along. I, I got to say, from from you know doing your webinar and watching it, and now having talked to a number of people who have also been through it, and uh, are engaging you I, I think it's a genius idea and um way to go on building something so cool thank you very much i appreciate that I really do. it's been good talking to you and uh before before i let you go i want to um to catch up on uh just a couple of things i always ask my guests a couple of personal questions so just fun off the wall stuff no no big deal on it really um so if tomorrow you had uh you know magically had a perfect day to do anything you wanted no business responsibility no family responsibilities no nothing you could do anything you wanted what would you do
2: well i'm a runner so uh i probably would uh go to the beach i live in florida and uh hopefully the humidity would be a little bit lower and i'd probably uh i go run 26.2 miles uh i've done a lot of marathons but i never just went out and did one on my own and uh i think that would be uh, a lot of fun just to do one on my own wow. nobody
0: there wow so. on the beach that'd be cool yeah. yeah that would be nice so you're running along and you've got your uh, your iPhone your iPod whatever it is you're you're <laughs> you're running with and uh, you can only have one disc only one album on that iPod which album would it be
1: um
0: Ooh, that's a hard
2: Young, one Neil Young uh, Crazy Horse oh, Russ, oh. Russ, never, Russ Never Sleeps
0: oh nice very nice <laughs> Well, uh, so you'd
2: appreciate that because you're, you're, you're Canadian, I'm right? Canadian,
0: and a, yes, and Neil Young, yes. Uh, Shaky, yeah, yes, absolutely. Perfect. I guess I'm
2: giving, I'm giving away my age a little
0: Long bit. Long may you run, I say. <laughs> Long go. may you run. Uh, there you go. A final question, Howard. I believe leaders are readers. What are you reading these days that's that's changing you?
2: I just read uh, about Louis Zapparini. Oh, good. Title of the book. It was written by Laura Hildebrand, who wrote about the, who was the, the what was the movie about the horse uh, that beat uh, Admiral. It's a true story.
0: Uh, oh, Sea um, No, not yeah, that Sea Biscuit. Sea
2: yes. Yeah, Laura, uh, Laura Hildebrand wrote Sea Biscuit, and she it's Invincible is the name of the book. Ah, and, cool. Uh it's about this gentleman's true story about Louis Apparini, and uh, it's incredibly inspirational and uh, an incredible true story that I, I, nobody in America really knows a lot about. I would highly recommend it. It's a
0: great book. Well, it's been a pleasure, Howard. Uh, I'm I'm appreciative of your time. I'm going to put on the rimproreport.com website contact details to get a hold of you at salestiger.com and to uh, if, if anyone wants to talk to you, then they can find you that way. But it's been a pleasure. Thanks for all the great information today. Well,
2: thanks for having me, Tom. I
0: appreciate it. All right. Cheers. Yeah, well, that's cool stuff. Howard's got some interesting stuff going on there with Sales Tiger. And uh, if you are interested in learning more, uh, connecting with Howard, then uh, go to the rimproreport.com website, show 55, and all Howard's contact details will be there for you. Uh, hey, if you've got anything interesting going on, I'd love to hear from you. If you're uh, seeing some significant success, if you're doing something that's unique, that's interesting, uh, that would be a value to the Rim community and want to share it, I would love to talk to you on the show. Uh, other than that, I want to thank O'Neill Software, who are our sponsors on the show. They're our exclusive partners, and uh, looking forward to spending time with them and with all of their clients at the O'Neill Strategic Partners Conference. I'm going to be speaking there next week, uh, but as always, uh, what's so cool about O'Neill is uh, they're doing such amazing stuff, not only with their software, with their support, but man, they, they've got a a relentless pursuit of making cool stuff happen in terms of thinking about the future, where it's going. And I know at the conference next week, uh, lots of interesting things will come out of that. So uh, if you're interested in learning more about O'Neill Software, you can check them out at O'NeillSoft.com. Well, that's it for us. We are out of here. Looking forward to talking to you next week. Have a good one. We're gone. See ya.